I'm... Oh, hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm... Okay, so I'm just going to start off and say that I'm very frustrated. I don't feel great. I think I'm getting sick again. No, I'm pretty... Like, it's definite. Like, I'm sick again. And I don't fully understand why... Um... And I'm just, yeah, like I said, I'm very frustrated, which is, like, um, like I mentioned before, I'm off my hormones, and it's been sucky, and I thought I sorted everything out, and, like, everything seemed to be going well, and, like, my insurance is, was even, like, is covering both of my uh, progesterone and estradiol, but today I found out, like, So I've been in the process of trying to get my prescriptions back again. And I thought today was the day that I was going to get them back. But they were like, oh, um, the estradiol injections are actually placed on, like, the vial of of estradiol is placed in back order until February. So you can't get it. Like, and... Like, I understand that because they're, like, it's a manufacturer thing. Like, they're the ones placing it on order. But, like, my pharmacy... The pharmacy people would just seem, like, very aggressive about it, too. Like, I'm not one to, like, get in people's faces, especially employees who work in retail. Because I've worked in retail and, like, I know what that's, like, all too well. And, like, yeah, I've snapped at people, but over the phone. And, like, one time I was just a banker. And they weren't even, like, directly at the branch I was calling about. They were just, like, I don't know where they were. In some office somewhere, you know? Corporate, whatever. But, um, that doesn't matter. Uh, it was just frustrating because, like, even when I just went earlier to pick up the... Because pro- I can get my progesterone. The progesterone is fine. I have it. But they were like, you can't get the estradiol. And the way they were saying it, it's like, you can't get it. Like, it's like they were alluding that they have it, but they just won't give it to me. But my insurance approved it. It was approved. Like, it was just like, they were like, you, you, like, at first they were like, we don't know if your insurance will cover it. Like, you might have to do tablets instead of injections. You know, instead of having the liquid and injecting yourself, you are just going to have to switch over to tablets and take the pills. And at first, I was just like, my body's just used to the injections. So, like, if we can try and get the injections, you know, I'm, like, I would be thrilled or, like, more than happy. And they were like, okay, let's try, like, we'll look into it and see what we can do. But I, and I told them, like, if anything, if it comes down to it, I will get on the pills. Like, I'm desperate to get back on my, like, regimen of hormone replacement therapy. Like, I just, I'm willing, I'm more than willing to get on pills, but they were like, oh, we'll just try for the injections. And then they did. And then they were like, it worked out. You're getting, and it's getting fully covered because before I was going to have to pay, like, $200, which was, like, a double increase in what I was paying before because with my endo, she was, like, um, just having me pay about 70 something plus like the shipping 
and processing or whatever, which came out to just be like 80 something dollars. It was just under 90, you know, which is doable because that would last me like three months, like three to four months even. No, three months. And if you spread that out or divide it, I'm paying about what? $30 estimate like if you round it up it's like what $30 yeah for a month which isn't like the worst thing ever you know to pay almost $90 for a three-month thing and you know that keeps everything in balance and I'm fine but now it's just like this is the consequences of me um being irresponsible and letting this side back and you know I can only really blame myself like yeah I've been dealing with depression and I have had other things going on and yeah I've I let myself get overwhelmed but it's all my doing you know it's like who does this all fall on me like it's my own fault and like who do I have to be frustrated with it's me, yeah, like, I can be mad at the American healthcare system, and I can be mad that, like, trans people aren't getting proper medic care, or, like, whatever, like, it's a struggle with insurance, like, this is the first time ever, too, that I've had, like, insurance cover my prescriptions, like, I've always paid out of pocket since I've been on hormones, and that, has been for almost eight years like in february it will be exactly eight years and this whole time i've been paying out of pocket myself like i've never tried to use insurance and now that i'm trying it's just this whole hassle and then like it's crazy because like as soon as i started my hormone replacement therapy um the shortage happened of estradiol too and this shortage apparently is still going on because like why else would estradiol be on back order? And if it's, like, on such high demand to be placed in back order, like, wouldn't they have known when they told me, like, oh, it's approved? And then they were, like... And I'm just frustrated with my pharmacy because they were, like... Oh, like, if it's... Like, just before the weekend happened, they were, like, if it's not... If we don't get it today, we're going to get it Monday. And it will be processed and approved Monday by the latest. Because today is, like, possibly... It could happen today as well. Which, this was... This was a phone conversation from last Friday. So, I was just like, okay, if not Friday, like... Monday. And it's Monday. And then I called and they were like you might not even be able to get anything. And I was just like, what do you mean I won't be able to get anything? Like, you guys are holding my prescriptions hostage? Like, did my insurance not go through? Like, what's the deal? Like, what did I do wrong? And she was just like, oh, no, like, you can get your progesterone. It's just that estradiol is like, oh, like, let's put put you on a 15-minute hold. And so I'm on a hold, and then finally they're like, um, it's placed on back order through the manufacturer. Like, wouldn't that have been in the system that, like, it's not even available? Like, they don't have it in the physical pharmacy. Like, they should have known because I, they told me, like, 
Friday or Monday, it's going to be delivered and we're going to process it. And then you're going to have it. And then they, like, uh, like they should have known or just warned me, like, this is a possibility that they're not even going to deliver it. Like, isn't that the pharmacist's job to communicate that with? And aren't they all supposed to be, like, informing one another? Like, I'm so confused. And it's just caused me to be frustrated. But, like, like I said, who else do I have to be frustrated with but myself? Because if I was still with my endo and paying all these extra fees, it would have been fine. But at the same time, I would have been paying all those extra fees. And it's, like, I was almost excited to, like, experience switching through the state of California to get on hormone replacement therapy and not pay out of pocket because I've never done this. Like, I was really excited to not have to pay out of pocket and actually just get, like, my gender-affirming medication. But that's not happening. And now it's just incredibly frustrating. And, you know, I think I'm more than... I'm definitely allowed to be frustrated with just my, not just myself, but like the American healthcare system and the pharmacy and the manufacturers because this is all like, I feel like it's corrupt, especially just the way the pharmacists talk to me. It was just very suspicious. Like it just seemed like something's going on. And it wasn't just like a simple, like, oh yeah, the manufacturer placed it on back order. Like, Shouldn't you have known that you weren't going to get it? Like, why aren't you... Like, why aren't they being informed? Like, something is just... Something seems off. Like, I don't know what, but something seems off. And I just think it's like... I don't know even know what to call it. Like, the American healthcare system? Big Pharma? Like, who is it? Like, what is wrong? Like, why can't we just have universal healthcare? And have this all sorted out? Like... It's just off-putting and disappointing, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to take what I have, which is that by Culetum, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm taking something to that suppresses testosterone production, and then I'm taking progesterone. I'm going to take progesterone, and I was off progesterone for a while, and that's what I had left before I ran out of estradiol. But I'm totally out of estradiol, and I don't know how just only taking the testosterone proje- um, testosterone suppressor and the progesterone will affect my body necessarily. Like, I think I have an idea because I think I did that for a bit. But in long term, I'm, I think there's definitely going to be an imbalance with my hormones. And I've already, I'm experiencing withdrawals. That's why I'm, like, frustrated for the most part. Because I'm very tired. I'm scared that this is just going to, like, mess with my depression even more. Because that's what an um, hormone imbalance does, you know. Hormone imbalance is just more serious than people realize and i feel like most people just think it's an old person thing but it's not like it can affect anyone at any age 
I think, yeah. Anyways, whatever. It's just very frustrating and I needed to get... I needed to get this out because, like, who am who else am I going to vent to besides myself? And I don't know, like, I want to cry about it and I'll probably cry about it later, but... It's not getting to me much use to cry about it on here. And I don't know, whatever. Anyways, um... So I listened to the uh, podcast earlier, the Goop podcast with Gwyneth Baltrow and Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz was just like the guest for the episode. And honestly, it just started off with like a big advertisement with more advertisements because Gwyneth Paltrow, that's a big name. And do I like stand for everything she sells and advertises not necessarily i think we're similar in a sense where we just want like quality products that aren't harmful for you do i support her and goop and everything she says no not totally have i used goop products yeah i've used the sunscreen but that's pretty much it like i've never fully looked into goop I've heard some of the criticism Gwyneth Paltrow has gotten, and I think it's valid to criticize her, you know? Um, she's a very, very rich white lady who I don't necessarily relate to, but I think as an actress, I've enjoyed some of the stuff she's in, and I don't have, like, ill will towards her. And I've listened to a few episodes before, and I kind of like them so i made the effort to listen to this episode because i like cameron diaz as well like as an actress i find cameron diaz to be incredibly entertaining um i think if i met her we would probably be friends maybe maybe that's just me being a fan and thinking cameron diaz would be my friend (laughs) but um yeah, and she's the podcast started off with like Cameron Diaz talking about her new organic wine line, which seems interesting, you know, as someone who drinks wine, okay, like yeah, organic wine, why not? Because apparently wine has more of uh, it has this whole process where like I don't know, certain wines, you know, are just not as good for you as other wines. But at the end of the day, it's all alcohol, you know? And I know there's some people who are, like, conscientious. Conscientious about... Sorry, I cannot say that word. But, um... There are certain people who are, like, very careful about what they put in their body, including alcohol, you know? There are some higher-end alcohol brands... That some people will only buy because they won't buy the cheap stuff, you know? It's, like, all top-shelf quality stuff. And I guess that's, like, what Cameron Diaz is doing with wine. And, you know, whatever. If it works for her, good for her. I don't know. Maybe this is just a way to have an income because she's not necessarily acting anymore, you know? But anyways, with that said... Um, I guess Gwyneth and Cameron Diaz have been friends for years. And I mean, the whole podcast episode wasn't like 
all that exciting. But I feel like there was a few good points. And the very end of it, what, like, I took out of the whole thing was that, um, I think it was just about, you know, aging and growing as a person and, like, getting where you want to be and just being aware and, you know, growing in a positive way, basically. And how that's been like for Cameron. And, like, what I took out of it, and that's what, like, I want to reiterate with you guys, is that Cameron has talked about her daughter at the very end, and I didn't even realize she had a daughter. But I remember seeing a picture of her pregnant. So I'm like, how did that slip my mind? But anyways, um... They were, like, talking about what it's like to be a parent. Or, like, especially, like, an older parent. And I think Cameron Diaz had a really interesting perspective. Because she was just like, I would not be the parent I am if I had a kid at 25 years old as opposed to now. And then she also, like, thanked Gwyneth or, you know, gave her credit for the mom she is today. Because she was just like... I didn't even want to have kids. I didn't want to get married. I didn't see myself being that kind of person. And then you, you like, pushed me to do it. And I was just like, Gwyneth is pushing people to have kids and get married? Like, what agent, like, what kind of agent is she for the patriarchy? You know, like, I'm suspicious of Gwyneth. But I guess it's not that she's, like, pushing people to get married and have kids. She just has known Cameron Diaz for years. And she thought personally that that Cameron Diaz is like meant to be a mom or whatever. And that she was like going to like be with someone, you know. And I guess that's all she was advocating for is Cameron Diaz's happiness. And so it's not as unsettling as I thought. And then what she said, Cameron, what Cameron Diaz said about her daughter is that she wishes her daughter would avoid the objectification that women face. And she said, even now as a baby, like, this is my own words. Cameron Diaz didn't say this, but like, it rubs her the wrong way to ha- constantly hear her daughter be called cute and precious and pretty or whatever because she doesn't want her daughter to associate herself with those words. She just wants her daughter to be herself. And that's what she, like, advocated for is that her child just be herself and that she just wants to help her daughter be who she is supposed to be and not, I guess, you know focus or rely on her looks in any way or form in that way you know and I just thought that was like a good takeaway because I was just like holy shit like our society just places value on people's appearance so much that it is really damaging and 
as a parent, I think that's all you can do is protect and guide your child to be who they are meant to be and be a decent human being in that process, you know. And I don't know, I just thought that was, like, I just contemplate, I'm still thinking about about it, you know. And I'm just like, whoa, like, I wish, like, it's not that, I mean, my mom never, like, placed importance on appearance. Like, yes, she did say, like, it's important to look your best sometimes or wear the appropriate clothing or whatever. But it's been, like, mixed with my mom where it's, like, growing up, I was in a lot of wear certain colors because I it was perceived as being too feminine and me being a young, like, when you're a kid, you know, I just feel like certain kids, you don't really look masculine or feminine because you haven't really hit puberty. So it's easily, when you're neutral like that, it's easy to, like, look at kids and see them as, like, feminine because, like, they can go either way. It's, like, what they wear, their faces and our their bodies, you know, don't represent either thing. So, like, what they're wearing represents something. So, like, if I would wear something that was too feminine looking, like, a bright red color, even if it was just, like, a sweater, like, bright green, bright red, bright yellow. I wasn't allowed to wear those colors for a while because, like, my mom was just like, they're too feminine. And your body movements are too feminine. Like, you are just too feminine. So we have to dress you in a way that is neutral and doesn't bring attention to who you are. And I just found that very, like, disappointing. And, like, I think that just, like, killed part of who I was as a child. And I think that also signified an end to my childhood because I had to worry about being perceived as a certain way or whatever and it was just like your childhood got cut short plus you have all these chores and you have to babysit and you're like worried about all these things that kids your age aren't but you are because your parents are divorced and they're dysfunctional and you just have responsibilities I don't know whatever but I don't mean mean to like project anything and take anything out of context. But I just thought that was beautiful. And I just wish that was something more parents strive. Because I feel like there are so many young parents. And they just don't. They're still not fully sure who they are as people. And then they like damage or traumatize their kids because in the process of getting to know themselves, they're not being the best parent that they could be necessarily. I mean, I'm sure they're trying. I'm sure most are. But it's difficult, especially when you're still in your 20s and figuring how the world works and how to be a proper adult. That's why I don't understand why people want to be young parents. Like, you know, some people luck into it or get into the groove of being an adult and figure it out or you know take it day by day and everything turns out all right but it's a big responsibility and commitment and not a lot of people can handle it and I think that's why so many of us get damaged as kids because like our parents are just 
winging it and it fucks us up, you know, and I don't know. I just feel like parenthood is extremely difficult and I definitely do admire the people who stuck through it and tried their best with their kids, you know. So, like, I definitely have a big admiration for that. Okay, well, like, I'm gonna go and just leave it at that. And I do feel a lot better now that I got this all out. So, I hope you guys are having a nice, I don't know, holiday season time, whatever. Because I'm not necessarily. Okay, well, take care.